With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel Dangerous without it. What's what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done, John? The most dangerous. I rode uh, a horse. Um, I rode horseback in Cuba in a place called Vinales, which is in the middle of nowhere. And um, I was terrified of horses, and so this was a big, big thing for me. And I thought, well, it'd be fine. How bad's it going to be, really? Just riding on the horse, just going around. No, mate, no. They're fucking. They take you like the guys leading, and then they take you down like basically a fucking mountain face on a horse. <laughs> and obviously, I'm a unit, so I'm like the center of gravity with me at the front of the horse. When it starts going over the edge, I'm like, well, this is this is the end of my life. He died never, falling off a horse. In I've a never heard of a crueler thing than you getting on a horse, John. I know. I did, I did feel quite sorry for it, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm like one of those mountain donkeys that you just pile <sighs> loads of shit on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd understand that, but a fucking horse, thoroughbred. Yeah, and it was pretty. Um, having a man mountain on your back is, <laughs> is ridiculous. Anyway, boy, uh, we're going to be joined by Callum and hopefully Alex in, in, in a second. Alex mm. is having problems with his computer. My computer. Oh, beep, 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 beep. Pathetic. Yeah. I downloaded too much porn and I've got viruses all up in my grill. And uh, so he can't turn his laptop on, which is, um, you know, if there isn't a, a better consequence for watching <laughs> dirty things on the internet it will be your computer breaking down. And that's something we've all lived through as kids. Right? Mm-hmm. We've all destroyed the family computer. It's always happened. So, um, you know, this is what Alex is living through right now. Uh, Callum's going to be joining us as well, hopefully, because we're recording a podcast where we've won a game. It's the end of the season, but we've won a game mm. that we didn't expect to win. John, yeah. didn't, wasn't that just a lovely feeling at the end of the game? It was a great feeling, like much better than I expected, because I think so like much. most of us, I went into the game kind of with fairly low expectations about the result, so I didn't really picture many scenarios where we'd win. I went into that game thinking, like, feeling exactly the same as I did in the, in the League Cup final against Man City, where I just thought, look, let's just take part, let's be a part of it, let's not get humiliated, and... and um, do you know what? I can't even remember the score in that Man City. Oh no, we lost one 0 didn't we? Mm. Um, it's just like you just there's, because of the way the season's gone. You're kind of so you're just in a situation where you just want it to be over. Leicester away, they've been killing it. They've been in the top four longer than anybody else this season, which stinks of Spurs 
in I can't remember was it I don't know there was some time in the past where we had a similar situation I think it was that one when we lost 5-1 to Newcastle and yeah. Arsenal pipped us to uh, in, a two, in a two horse race or it was uh, was it one of them anyway we, we've been in a similar situation before but Leicester have, have bottled it again I put out a tweet uh, saying um, if Spurs had bottled the top four twice in a row you, we would never hear the end of it the amount of abuse I've got off that it's unreal. It, it's not just from Leicester fans. It's fans of all, even Spurs fans are going, yeah, but we didn't win anything. They won the FA Cup. And I get it. I understand it. But we, I'm not here to make sense. I'm here to take the piss out of our, one of our rivals, a, a team that actually hates us. I'm not here to, like, not, I, if I put a tweet out, it ain't there to just sort of, let me make sense of the world. It's there to get a reaction, isn't it? Otherwise, well, well, it, well, why is anyone yeah. tweeting? It struck a nerve. That's what that's what it's done. It's done. Is that the, in any of these jokes, the one the, the funniest jokes, the ones that have a hint of truth about them, and I think that's that's what's got to these people is that yeah, if this was us, mate, we, we would never hear the end of it. And I think that's a, like completely reasonable statement. And to be honest, that's what's made it a little bit sweeter because I am quite sick of the Leicester narrative of like plucky Leicester and I why are they not getting grief? Why are they not getting any grief? Is it because they annoying, just don't have the money that we have or? They're not considered the top six. That, that's what I got from that. The fact that Leicester was celebrated and Leeds have been celebrated is that they're still tiny in comparison to Tottenham Hotspur. We can have a terrible season the way that, that, that we've had this season. Everyone's been digging us out. And yet Leicester can fail again in the league mm. and still walk away without any kind of grief from the press. And Spurs finish seventh and quali- you know qualify for Europe. Let's, let's get it right. We have qualified for Europe. And... Um, you know, we we get we get all the grief. We get we we're in a situation where um, oh, it is Cal. How you doing, mate? Uh, what are you doing? Oh, we're on video. Callum, how you doing? You alright? Good. Quite low. Am I? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just talk, talking to the mic. Horrible. You sound Shut like you sound like you're talking on MSN to a 13 year old girl. BRB. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> five 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 for cyber. <laughs> Show us your RAT. Uh, yeah, we're just talking about how um, firstly Alex has uh, his laptop's broken because of all the adult material he's been watching, mm. and you've had to jump in. And Callum, can I just say MVP for the season? Every yeah. single time we need to do content on Patreon or whatever it might be, Callum's always. I'll do it, mate. I'm there. So I mean, some might call it a bit beggy. Don't know. Not me. Yeah, seems a bit desperate. Yes. Some would say, not desperate, me again. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I wouldn't say that, but you could see why other people might look at that and go, "Okay, we get it." I want to apologise to our patrons because um, we, me and Cal, have already gone over the game. But it, uh, we just want to, Cal, get get your take. Sort of twenty four hours on, um, you know, what a, a wonderful result. Even though the performance wasn't there, what a wonderful result that was. Four two away to Leicester. You know they they needed it. They needed it to get get into Champions League football. They've only had one season after winning the league, I think. And um, what we did is took them down a peg or two. I thought. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I've watched the highlights three times. Fucking <laughs> loving it. The, the, that, the, last, the last fifteen minutes or so was fantastic. And I, you know what? We didn't talk about on the uh, on the five statements Patreon podcast. If you want to join Patreon, you can. Just so you know, there's content throughout the summer, regardless of Tottenham. Mm. Anyway, the but um, yeah, so we um, we didn't talk about this, 
But one of the glorious mo- moments was when Schmeichel punched the ball into his <laughs> own net. <laughs> when I watched it, I thought, Davinson Sanchez has scored. This is incredible. Redemption. He's back. Yes. Come on. I'm sorry for ever doubting you. And I watched it and I was like, he had nothing to do with that. Other than just getting in Schmeichel's way, Schmeichel essentially punched the ball literally in his own net. You know, we have this thing in football. It's like, he threw the ball into his own net. That literally happened. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I, I get, he gets a he gets a fair crack of the whip because he's been absolutely mustered. Like he's a f- absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. But that that was a that was a mess. And what I liked about it is all the Leicester players going, "Oi! He went near our keeper. He went near our keeper. It was a joke." Poor Sanchez caught a stray clump as well, didn't he? Not only did he punch the ball into his own net, but poor Sanchez caught a stray clump as well. Mm. It should have been a goal and a penalty. <laughs> Double. Um, Double, yeah. Just a quick one. Um, we've got a hashtag why I'm Tottenham on Instagram. Um, Ricky's set up this little campaign where, not little campaign, he set up a campaign where he's asking for people for their stories, how they became Tottenham, and we've been regramming them. I think that's the term on Instagram and we are going to be reading them out for the next, you know, when we, as we go into the next season, finding out why they're Spurs because what happens on the pitch isn't as important as as um, you know, what why we belong to this football club. So if you want to get involved, use the hashtag why I'm Tottenham and uh, you can do that. Let us know your stories and we'll read them out on the podcast and um, create some lovely, lovely good feeling. Bale came on and uh, changed the game. I know that Leicester were chasing it. We were in a good position because they were desperate to get top four. They had to win it. And if they had won it, they would have they would have been top four and they would have qualified for the Champions League. But when you give, and this is why Gareth Bale is important, it's important that we re-sign him, is when when you give him space and time, because they were bombing forward, he will kill you. And that's what he did. He absolutely killed him. What do you think of his performance when he came off the bench, John? And should he um, should should we do everything we can to get him back next season? Yeah, f- first of all, I think um, we've spoken about it a couple of times. We should definitely get him back for the reasons of, if you look at his goal return, and you look at other, even other top <coughs> six clubs, and you look at their sort of like second, third highest scorers, they won't do the numbers that Bale's done. And again, you know, you two spoke about it on um, on the kind of review of the game about sometimes you need flat track bodies in the squad because actually it's those like stupid games you trip up on that ultimately cost you um, doing what you need to do, whether that's Champions League qualification, winning title, etc. So yeah, definitely. I think now it's like pretty pretty safe bet just to take him for another season on the same terms. That's fine. Um, in terms of the game, it was a bit of a mad game because like... Obviously, the result went the way we wanted to, and Bale definitely was the difference and changed it. But the first half was so bad. I was genuine. <laughs> I, I, me- I messaged the WhatsApp group, didn't I? Just going, we're proper shit, though. Like, we're proper shit. Like, everyone was awful. And I was just like, I don't see a way forward here. Like, we just need to get the season over over and done with. And then the second half, like, some of the, some of the moves that we put together and the chances we were creating was great. And I was like, this is such a weird... It's such a weird game... Um, but but yeah, Bale basically really did press um, press home the advantage, and he looked he looked different gravy. And his like um, his goal at the end, where he just like ran through the middle of their defence, used Kane as a decoy. And uh, again, like I think someone made the comment, like, I'm so glad he didn't lay it off to Kane because I was just thinking in Kane's mind, he's going, I don't know if Salah scored a couple of goals. Like yes. he's got to lay that off to me. Yeah, and yeah. the arrogance of Bale to be like, Nah, mate, watch this. I'll just Has fucking any... put that off the post and bury it. Fuck I don't. You. I don't think this is a real thing. But when I'm watching them, I feel like Kane hates Bale a little bit. Yeah, like, definitely. Has this occurred to you at all? Like mm. just like he's like, 
oh, there's this geezer who's done everything that I dreamt of doing. And Tottenham stopped me from doing this. <laughs> like if I was if I was Phil Foden and I'd come up through the ranks in Man City, I'd, I'd already had all of this. And, and Gareth Bale just comes in there, and, and and that showed. And I think it's important because it showed in that moment and through his performances and his very best performances at Tottenham, it showed his. It showed that there was a, a we, we had t- two forwards on that pitch that were on a level, and mm. I'm not saying like you know Harry Kane's going to cost the earth and Gareth Bale could be signed on a free by someone hopefully Spurs, um, but in terms of quality on the pitch, there isn't a great deal in front of goal to separate Gareth Bale and Harry Kane, and you know just think of the goals he scored, the magic he's created this season. It's just. Um, I just feel like there may there definitely isn't an issue, Cal. I don't know what you think. But there mm. isn't an issue, between, but I think Kane looks at him and goes, "Yeah, I wish you'd fuck off." <laughs> it is weird, isn't it? Because the closest kind of rival—I'm doing the air quotes for the people at home—that that Kane has had in terms of goal scoring and taking the attention has been Hoon Min Son. But Hoon Min Son is this fucking lovely human being who adores every single person at that club, even even adored Jose when he was there. And so Kane could never be mad at him. Um, but then Bale comes along, who's already loved by the Spurs fans, um, not as much as Kane, but, you know, in the ballpark, fucks off to Real Madrid, hoovers up a load of medals, and then comes back and then takes all of his, all of his shine again. <laughs> Comes back and just takes all of his fucking shine again. And that little run through the middle where half half of me wanted him to lay it off to Kane to Kane and get the extra goal and get the golden boot. Um, but I was also quite ple- quite pleased that Bale fit. Nah, fuck off, mate. Bosh, far corner, nighty-night. I, I, in my head, I was like, give it to Kane. Give it to Kane. Give it to Kane. Obviously, give it to Kane. Kane, Kane needs it. He wants to get top goal scorer. Give him Kane. Please him. Please him so he doesn't leave. Just give him the ball. And Bale was like, nah, you know what? I'm going to do a one-two on the post. And I'm going to slide it home. It was um, John. Tell me about um, how you feel about Bow. What he's delivered this season. You know, do you want him back? What 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 what's the future for Gareth Bow based on the quotes, his performances this season? You know, the eleven goals he's returned in the Premier League, the sixteen he's, he, he's returned in all competitions against some pretty shoddy opposition. To be fair, in those sort of Europa League and FA Cup games. But what's your feeling about Gareth Bow currently? Yeah, my my feeling is, mate, that he's. Um... His talent is still like unquestionable. I don't think there's pretty much anyone out there who's going, oh, he's he's just gone, like he's finished, right? The numbers aside, his performances, you can still see that he's got a bit about him, right? Has he got the athleticism to play against like the top the top sides, particularly away from home? Probably not. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a a world class player in their prime that's going to play week in week out, like a Kane, for example. This is a player that's like gonna, now, I think for us anyway, going to be a specialist player that you can rely upon it for like 50% of the league games. So all the, the lower half teams, he can play against all of those home and away because I think he becomes a real useful asset, especially for teams that sit deep against us and it's difficult to break them down. We're going to have a lot of the ball. Just give him the ball. like Let him create things because he's not just a, a great goal scorer, but he's a great creator as well. And he creates space because people are terrified of him. And then against the top side, it's a case of like, a bit like Leicester, he's there. He's an option off the bench. He's something different. And if we do need goals, if we want to like change the way that we're playing and, and give it there, I think he gives us like a really good option. So yeah, in terms of his his performances and and the numbers he's put up, I think it's a kind of a no brainer for us to sign him. In, in... Whether or not we can, like that's that's the bit that I think is 
is it tricky? I don't know, because I don't think he wants to go back to Real Madrid because I think he was quite happy to leave in the first place. He's come back and, let's be honest, he hasn't really had an opportunity to play in front of the fans, which I was kind of thinking that maybe he doesn't give a shit about that. But actually seeing him back, he's quite... He's proper Spurs, isn't he? Like, he's quite into it. I think he quite loves the the feeling of it. And I think that the ego in him, we talk about ego all the time with managers and players, will want to have a season in front of the fans, like a proper season in front of the fans. And I think he's, like, enjoying his football and he's playing the games. And if the new manager comes in and wants to play him um, more than Mourinho was doing, then I think he would want to do that. It just all depends on Madrid because, really, the, the ball is in their court. Like, he is still under contract there. They want him out, though. They've, they're, they're broke. You'd think so. You'd think so. They, well, they if, should, you look, yeah. if you look at this, John, right, in, in the Premier League, he started 10 games for Spurs and scored 11 goals, 10 by sub. You know... It, yeah, sorry, ten performances, uh, ten, mm. ten start, uh, ten games by sub, and you know, you know how difficult it is to come off the bench to 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 perform. So he played twenty goals and scored eleven, twenty games and scored eleven goals, um, and and you know, that's I mean that's and and two assists in in that as well. In the FA Cup, he had one game, one sub, uh, one goal. Uh, Europa League, seven games, three sub, three goals, and one assist. In total, 40 appearances for Spurs, 16 goals, 7 assists. Uh, you know, if you look look at that, according to who scored, he's got 7.24 as a rating. And we were talking about Matt Doherty and Doherty on the, uh, on the uh, Five Statements podcast shortly after the game on the last night. And we thought that Matt Doherty had a good game. Mm. And, he, he, and we talked about it because he got a 7 out of 10. If who scored of saying saying that Gareth Bauer's seven point two four across all of his forty games as starters and subs, that's significant. And you only have to look at the competition in his position. That is Bergfein, who has scored two goals, I think. Maybe yeah, maybe three. Maybe maybe three. three. And if yeah. the opportunity to buy Gareth Bauer is there, or or just get him on a free. And he can deliver what he's done this season already, mm. then it's absolutely madness if we don't do everything to make that that make make that happen. And I, and I, and I think I think it will. I'm not sure. Yeah, how you feel. we have to be in the driving seat. Surely, um, he's already been at Spurs. He's clearly enjoying himself at Spurs. We've already done a deal with Real Madrid already, so you know we kind of we've got half of it done already. It's just a case of if, if he wants to or if Real Madrid pull some fuckeries at the, at the last minute really but they want him out Real Madrid they're fucking hemorrhaging they, money they, they need don't, to get yeah they definitely don't want to pay him 13 million pound in wages for another season so they might as well give that burden to Tottenham and if he can deliver what he has done then again no brainer yeah and they and that make I think he'll see out the last year of his contract and retire after that really I don't see him playing much football after that really because I don't think he can he won't be able to uh, to get the money that he's on now and his body's broken and he's not particularly in love with football, even though his he's body, still really fucking good at it. His body isn't broken. Like he, he, uh, okay, he came into the game uh, to signing for Spurs out, out of sorts. He wasn't fit. When he's come back, he mm. hasn't, apart from you know the lack of tracking back and playing him against the very best teams, you know, he, he's been somewhat lacking. But against the shit, well, not shit team, you know, against the... The lesser sides in the Premier League, he's uh, he, he's dealt us uh, a great hand. I thought. Anyway, um, when I come on to a question from Sam Cornish, he says, "Anyone feeling grateful? It's over. I'm exhausted. I think it's been a tough season overall. If we look back at the season, 
it was it wasn't like I was I was kind to a certain degree I was happy, but when you win a game, you're thinking, all right, who's next? Like if we had Southampton home and won that, and that would be um, Ryan Mason winning seven in eleven in the Premier League. That, and I was, I was kind of, I was kind of like, I, I'm ready for another game. But when things are going shit, then you're not. But yeah, deep down, I'm, I'm grateful that the season's over and we can rebuild. And there's some, you know, stories coming out about the next possible manager at Tottenham. We can talk about them in a second. But uh, you know, are you grateful that this season's over? How, how do you remember it, John? I mean, yeah, I am grateful, mate. I feel like completely fatigued with football. I feel like there were certain, there were certain moments, particularly under Jose, where I was really having to like make myself watch games. Like I was genuinely at that point where I was like, okay, I've got to watch this because it's my club and I've got to just find a way through it. And I would get, I don't know, 30 minutes in and I'd just find myself on my phone like on Mr. Porter <laughs> looking for another expensive jumper to fucking waste my money on. Uh, <laughs> anything to distract me from um, the sort of football oblivion that was Jose's Jose football. Um, Can you quickly ask, is, it, is it extra large or extra, extra large? The, it <laughs> depends on the brand. Uh, <laughs> extra, extra large, t- typically. Um, but, you know, it was weird because I remember like some of the early pods. So what was that? First ten games, we were like top of the league, and City were just not on it. And I was thinking, all right, well maybe this is that cycle. You know, Liverpool are in that like third, four year, fourth year of their manager. Maybe that's this is the cycle where they go off for a season. And City were where they were, and it's like okay, so maybe it's United, but it's like we've got Jose and they've got. Solskjaer so like he's not going to know how to cope with that pressure I, I never I thought we'd be in the mix I, th- I just thought we'd sort of maintain we might not win it but we'd be in the mix consistently because we had Jose and it would be ugly and horrible but we'd get there and I think it was that beating City and then getting that draw, draw at Chelsea where I was genuinely like fuck this is it like this is what we wanted it's not a great team playing great football it's a functional team that might be able to deliver and he could he could do that for us and it's just completely fallen apart. And so the season's just been such a weird one for me where I've really, there were moments where I genuinely in my mind was thinking we could win the league and also absolutely hating football. Um, <laughs> Cal, which normally, when, does, normally doesn't happen. When, when we were top of the league in November for four weeks on the bounce, that, what, what, was you, what was going through your head at that point? <laughs> I, I didn't think we was going to win the league. I did think... We can't keep playing sit back and counter like it was not going to work forever. But I thought we were going to get in the Champions League all day long. I thought we'd get in the Champions League by somebody in January. I thought we'd definitely win a cup. I remember doing previews and five statements with you guys and saying, yeah, fancy a cup treble, you know. I fancy a Gerard Houllier cup treble. I fancy one of those. And I thought we'd win a cup. And I don't think he'd have won the League Cup final. Um, I don't think he'd have done any better. I think he'd have had a better chance than Mason. Oh, 100%. Mason's a fucking idiot. But, um... well, he's not an idiot. He's won six games in four in the Premier League. Four games in six in the Premier I League. Don't you've got, care. You've got, you've got I to don't stop. Care. Cal, you've got to no. stop making these mental statements. No. Like, like, Big, no. I, I listened Big back one. to the, the Five Statements <laughs> podcast today, and you said Bergwijn uh, is garbage. Like, yes. none of these players are garbage. They're not. Stop. Don't double down. None of these players are garbage. I mean, <laughs> you, double down oh, if but, you really believe it. But. No, I do believe that Bovine's garbage because it's just like he's, you know, you've said it yourself. Bale's come back and he's like he's like Floyd Mayweather Jr. He's got no legs, but he's still quality. And Bale's making Bergvine look like a 
like a can because Bergwijn's 23, 24 and Bale's come back and he's fucked. Like he's, he's it's not fucked. This is another one he's of your grand, your mad statements that don't mean anything. You just, it feels like you're emotional, Cal, and you just say stuff and it comes out of your mouth like there's no consequence. Right now, I'm pulling you up, Cal. Gareth Bale isn't fucked. Bergwijn isn't garbage. That, like, is that, like, am I mental here? No, yes. I, Flav, I'm with you on this. Uh, the Bergvine thing, I think, is a really interesting oh. one. <laughs> oh, 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 let's go out for drinks on Wednesday. Oh, oh, we'll go for a hunter's chicken. Oh, <laughs> fucking pair of knobs. <laughs> You're more yeah, than welcome right. to join us, Cal. Yeah, here we go. I mean, if, if there was a podcast on the Wednesday that no one else could make, Cal would be there. So don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 um, the thing about Bergvine is, look, it's hard to argue for someone when they have had such a poor season, which I think he has. But what I would say about him is there are loads of players who have like a first full season and they do look trash and they get written off because football is so immediate. And if you don't perform immediately, then it's just like, oh, they're never going to make it. Let's get rid of them. I, I think I've seen enough from him. I mean, like his, his goal, um, what was it, against Villa? was a f- fucking beautiful goal. Like, touch, takes it away from the defender, just smashes it in. Like, he's put in certain performances in certain games, even from a, like, defensive position where, you know, we spoke about before, you can't play Bale against, like, a City away. Bergwijn will do that. Like, he will do the, the other way and he'll put in a shift. It's, so, I'm prepared to give him a bit more time. I don't think he's garbage. Whether or not he's going to be great, I'm also not prepared to make that prediction. I'm not saying right now he's ever going to ever going to get anywhere near the levels of Gareth Bale. And that's my other point is when you're comparing him to one of the greatest players to ever do it, of course he's not going to be as good. And even a player on the way down like Bale, he's still ne- he's he's still of course he's clear, he's clear of most players. I mean, look at his numbers for this year. He's clear of most players that people think are good players. He's like you know, people would wank over Havertz at Chelsea and fucking, like, blow their beans over, like, Mason Mount on these players. Bale's gone fucking loads better than them this season. He's got more, goal, more goals than money this year. Well, there you go. That's what I mean. So, writing off Bergvine because Bale's doing better than him is just, like, it's just mad to me. So, I, I'm prepared to stick with Stevie B. We've got to give him a bit more time. Cal, apologise. I'll never do that. I'll never apologize. <laughs> to be fair, I was when he scored against Villa, I was really pleased for him. Mm. I was really I was out of my seat. Yes, Stevie, well done, son. I was really, really pleased for him. And I hope he turns it around and I hope I'm wrong. But he's fucking trash. And you know. <laughs> this is he done it again. <laughs> you gotta stop throwing out this mental state. Like everything you say is like really measured. And in the end he's like, yeah, but he's fucking shit. <laughs> Big bad owl. It's like oh, it's, shit. Is he here? Oh, I don't want to know what's going on. Like we haven't been carrying you for the last fucking <laughs> twenty minutes while you uh, you had to fix your virus-ridden computer because of all the yeah. fucking adult material you watch. I don't yeah, watch you... adult stuff on laptop. How well, child ch- child stuff like, then? Is it? What? Where, well, what do you watch it on then? I have a smartphone. Phone? No, come on, that's, that's a bit small screen. Too you know small. That's, that's, that just shows the generation. I bet you any listener that is my age or under, like thirty-four or under. Right, we'll we'll think of you watching porn on a laptop and just and be disgusted with you. What's what about laptop? Balancing, talking... balancing on your knees, are you? Whilst you're whacking off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like a big like television, like a 55 yeah. inch. That's the level we're at right now. Boys. Get it on the PlayStation, yeah. mate. Get it on the PlayStation. Look, right. Alex is talking like he hasn't like he, he hasn't used every screen under the sun to watch this. Sort no, of I stuff. can promise you, I don't think I've ever watched porn on this laptop. 
on this laptop. How many laptops you got? I've got a massive, great big. I've got a projector that puts a hundred inch image on a wall, right? And, and if you spunk on it, that's just the wall. That's not a screen. That's just the wall. I, I don't think you. I like. I think that's too much. A hundred inch screen on your wall. That's almost too much. It's almost yeah, like it's, it's good. It's almost as good as VR because because you can be right in there. You can, you can like stick your head in. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, the, problem, the problem is with it is that it blocks because the projector's behind you, so it, all you see is like a little bit of a silhouette of your head in between their legs. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we've talked about a lot, but we're going to move on to our next manager, Alex, and I'm sure you're going to be happy about this. Quickly, but... ask Alex what he thinks of Steve uh, Bergvine. Yeah, mm. so, so Cal thinks... No, 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 Berg... no, just ask him what he thinks. Okay, go on. Uh, uh, Stefan Dalmot. <laughs> it's fucking trash in the I'll say it. He's, I mean, he's right, but he's just going to be another one that stays here for four or five years doing nothing. But it'll be all right, and he'll have a good four months here and there. Cal said he's trash. Is he trash? He's not far off it. Nah. Oh, come on, nah. come on. I reckon this sort of sentiment was getting like was getting airtime around Hyung Min Son in his first season. I bet you. Yeah. But yeah. bet there were comments like, "Oh, he's never going to make it. He's going to be another shit." And look at him now. Granted, for every Hyung Min Son, there's, there's about five Kevin and Kudus. But all I'm saying is, I think it's just too early to write him off. I, just, I, remember, I, I'm yeah, I wouldn't. To... I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't sell him. Yeah, you've got to keep him, man. You've got to get. Do you remember the coach? Do you remember when? Um... Kevin in, in Kudu whipped in that ball for Harry Winks to s- score that goal against Fulham, and you just thought, "Hold on, this this boy's got something." That's yeah. all. That's all. Bervine needs one of them, I think. Anyway, I, I, I want to talk about um, the fact that we finished above Arsenal, and that was all I was riding on for the last four or five games, where I just thought, "All we need to do is beat Villa, beat oh, who's the other team we had." In, uh, who was it? I can't remember. We we had the home game. Wolves. Wolves beat Wolves, Wolves beat Villa, and we can't finish below Arsenal. Um, mm. We lost to Villa. They scored two goals in injury time, which put them on equal points of us. And you're going into a game where they've got Brighton at home. Brighton a good side, don't get me wrong. Um, they're not fantastic, but they play good football. But they got they got done two nil, and 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 there was that moment where we were two one down at Leicester, and I'm in my brain, I'm looking at the screen, and I'm thinking. We didn't want to be a part of that shitty European competition, which we're definitely going to win now. But we didn't want to be a part of it. Uh, you know, we have to deal with the fact that Arsenal were going to finish above us. And I always thought they were going to finish above us after that result. And, it, you know, it's just something we have to deal with. They're going to be gloaty. They're going to give it. And we just have to deal with it as Spurs fans. And we, we're built to do that. And it's, it's fine. It's going to be horrible for a couple of days, but it's fine. And then we equalised. And then you're just thinking... Well, we're still below them. And then we score again. <laughs> and at that point, I exploded. And I, I mentioned on the uh, five statements uh, that I was like f- properly, like royally hungover. One of the worst feelings yesterday was was horrendous. Um, and I, I, I expelled no emotion up until the point where Gareth Bale slotted home that pullback from Harry Kane. Handball, by the way. But pullback. And... Um, you just went mental and suddenly you're just like, it, it isn't just about witnessing Spurs. They have to do something as well. And they did something like pull it back, 
2-1 down, dead and buried, against Leicester, Champions League, place side, and we were suddenly in a position where we're going to fucking do them. We're going to do them after all the shit they've given us. Oh, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. Yeah, well, now we're here and you're out of the Champions League, you slags. <laughs> <laughs> what, what now? Are you still singing that? Oh, you're crying. Why is that? Oh, I wanted Champions League football. <laughs> I wanted Champions League football. Well, fucking Gareth Bell said you ain't getting it. Right? <laughs> Daddy's home. Daddy's home. <laughs> what, what did you... What, boys, uh, John, what, what, what did you make of... Um, you know, finishing above Arsenal was it important? Would you have? There were some Spurs fans out there saying, you know, um, that it would have been better to finish below Arsenal and not be involved in this. What well, is hundred percent a tin pot competition? If you've seen the teams in it, it's fucking ridiculous. I've never heard of any of them. But 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 what, what you know was it more important to finish above them, or or would you rather not have qualified for that competition? Well, I think like most people, when they looked like they were going to finish above us, I was like, "Well, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. We, you know, we're not, we're not. We can go for the league next year. We can just like try and finish top four. We can just concentrate, go week to week. Soon as we're then above them, I'm like, "Ah, you little slugs! We're above you. We're in, we're in yes. Europe, you mugs!" Like, yeah. I, I, you can always justify it either way. And obviously, I, I really enjoyed it. And look, it's a very small thing. And if it had it gone the other way, I, I would have gotten, I would have got over it. But it, but it is important for us to just keep that there, like just, just keep above them. Like I, I, this has been one of the worst seasons we've had for a long time for for a multitude of reasons, and to still finish above them despite that, I think psychologically does certainly for the fan base. It's, it's a lift, right? It's a small thing, granted, but it is a lift. And then this other competition. Look, at the end of the day, if we, if we do want to concentrate on our league position next year, we can just play the kids and reserves in this competition, right? If we want to go for it, we can go for it. So we have, we do still have loads of options. It's not like this ch- ties us up and chews us up for the next like year and a bit. So, yeah, mate, it was it was a great feeling. I was buzzing when that goal went in, and, we, and I knew that we were going to win the game. I just was buzzing. I, that was one of the, the best moments of the season for me. I really like let a lot of frustration out of that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And also, I hate Leicester because they hate us. They were booing us the whole game. They fucking hate us. It was a great. It was great. The, the problem, the problem with Arsenal fans, right, is that. They still believe. They still believe that they that they are the Arsenal that they grew up with in through the two thousands, and and you know part of you know the the next decade as well. Like they they still think that they're that club, and they still view Tottenham as a club that's lesser than them, like in their shadow and all that stuff. What they haven't realised is the facts that are in front of them, the size of the stadium, the revenue that we're bringing in. And I know I'm not saying. That's a trophy, or I, uh, you know, applaud Daniel Levy for for that. But we know this game is about money. It always is. You look at Man City. The fact that they're going to, you know, potentially buy Harry Kane for um, what might be 150 million, if it's this season or next, and they buy him and they secure the Premier League and secure whatever competition they choose to play him in. You know that. So football is about that. What Arsenal fans have failed to realise, and what's going to be glorious is that there will be a realisation in the next four or five years amongst every Arsenal fan that, shit, we're just a normal football club. We're not the club that Arsene Wenger built where we went unbeaten for a season where we had Terry Henry and we stole Sol Campbell from Tottenham. That's not us anymore because football's changed and Spurs have actually elevated themselves to a different position. And, oh, fuck, maybe we're not going to finish above them consistently. 
And and that realization is going to be so much more horrible than if we have to finish above them one, once or twice. Because where we came from was down in the gutter in terms of Premier League, you know, Premier League terms. You know, where we were finishing. 14th, 15th, 11th, 10th, a great season be like, oh, can we get in the fair play league? To genuinely being better than them for five years on the bounce. And they were desperate, desperate to finish above them. And I get that, you know, finishing the year conference league is going to be a potentially a problem next year. Probably won't. The standard of opposition is so shit that it really doesn't matter. We could play the under-17s and probably get through group stage. So... You know, it's not that. It's just what we took from them is a day's celebration of, fin- uh, of finishing above them. I don't know if you saw that picture of that fucking pleb holding up that. He'd, he'd made a sign. He'd made- First, the, the most embarrassing thing is making a sign and taking it to football. Like, don't do that. Any Spurs fan listening to this, do not make a fucking sign and take it to football. First. Secondly, don't make a sign that could embarrass you to the point where this... Poor kid, and when I say poor kid, he's never going to grow up to be anything because these are the decisions he's making and, and his parents and his family's around him going, yeah, make a site, go on. Well, there's a big bit of cardboard. We bought a new TV the other day. There's a log, big side of the cardboard. You can make a sign out of that. And he made a sign and he coloured every fucking letter in. Every single letter in was in bright red. <laughs> 20 <laughs> happy St. Tottenham's Day. Now, what are you doing with a sign now? I hope it's hung in your, in your fucking bedroom wall. So that you know what a fucking dick you've been. Spurs turned up. I don't give a shit how bad this season is. Spurs have turned up and embarrassed that child. And what a greater thing for a Guna child to learn than to be embarrassed in front of a nation. Um, was there a question in there somewhere? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, let, let, let's talk because Alex is here now. Um, there, there's been some rumours today. There, there's been lots of rumours about obviously the manager. We, we end of the season, so Tottenham's next manager is going to be a big thing. Um, there's going to be a surprise in inverted commas. Um, is it going to be Ten Hag? Will that bloke Ragnik? Will he come in as DOF? <laughs> it is what's his name? Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that bloke. He's good. I can't pronounce his name. And I, pro- I mean, as a podcast, probably should should have practiced that beforehand. But you know, is it going to be that, or is the big surprise Alex's dad, as he calls him, Pochettino, coming back to Spurs? What do you think of that? Al? <clears throat> I would be absolutely fucking unbearable if that happened. <laughs> right. I hope it, I'm seeing Bardi on Friday. I'm going to his home. I hope it's announced before then. Because I will have an absolute field day. Um, it's probably not going to happen, is it? But uh, I think I genuinely think it would be brilliant. I think there might have been some water that's been able to go under the bridge. Everyone kind of says, "Okay, that didn't count. Start again. That didn't count last well, year." Is there any worries about the last, pretty much the last calendar year of his tenure at Spurs, which showed that? that he needs players. It's not just him being a great coach. He needs players to, to, to work. Well, yeah, but maybe after everything that we've seen in the last 12, 18 months, you know, if whoever comes in now, if he's not, if, if the hierarchy isn't, isn't convinced that we need players now, then I don't know when that ever is going to happen. Yeah. Agreed. So 
yeah, like I said, it's probably not going to happen. I've got a feeling it'll probably be Ten Hag, uh, which I'll be a little bit disappointed about. Um, I'm completely sold on Graham Potter now. <laughs> um, I, know, uh, I mean, I, mean I, I think if you if you have the choice between the two, one uh, Champions League semi-finalist winning the league twice in a row with Ajax or Graham Potter who finished fourth from bottom in the Premier League, you take... You take yeah, I'm just worried about... I don't. I can't remember any good Dutch managers. What? Not in the Premier League, anyway. No, I mean, but there's been a few. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 I think. Yeah, because I think he won the Champions League. Um, <clears throat> and then, the, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that's a great statement. But no, I understand <laughs> that there'd be reservations. But Graham Potter's come from Sweden <laughs> or somewhere in the in the Nordics. I'm not, I'm, like, and I, I'm someone who actually thinks that he would be a good, a good. Um, I just think do, you think. do you think Pochettino coming back would actually work in your in your head, not your heart? My gut feeling is that I, I really I think I just, it would work. I just don't know. I don't know. I think it would. I don't think. It I'm, would. I'm, I really do think it would. I think there would be. A rejuvenation. I think there would be a a refreshed outlook. I think he's been proved right to a large extent. And if Daniel Levy and the hierarchy are talking about it, then it must mean, or even if there's murmurs about it, mm. that there must it must mean that there is some acceptance of okay, we got X, Y, and Z wrong. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you, not, do you not worry that? half the players that he lost towards the end because he did lose them are still there don't you think that's a problem well that'll be part of it won't it yeah like i said if we're not convinced now that a squad re you know overhaul needs to be going and especially Mm. if harry kane goes then you know perhaps there's even more you know armor there for him to for him to do what he wants i just can't believe we're having this this conversation because it's exciting me i've genuinely got little goosebumps um, <laughs> what, what 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 do you think? What what's the top side of Pochettino coming back out? What what do we achieve? And don't don't just say oh it makes me feel better. That's not what people like. It might not make people out there feel better. What in well, terms think, of our, our performances on the pitch? What, what what what's the top side of Pochettino being involved? Well, I think overall, I think I'd like to think now that a lot of people have looked at it and gone, well, you know, bringing a manager that can just you know in inverted commas get you over the line isn't going to work for us because we haven't got the fundamentals there to do it you know that's been proved if you can't get it done with Jose Mourinho regardless of what I thought about him then there's something not quite right there is there really for, for if you're think if you're thinking that it's just about putting the cherry on top of a of an already decent cake you found out that cake's got horse manure in it right so it needs changing it needs smashing up that cake right um like a pound of dundee who cake. Better, huh like a pound of dundee cake yeah, exactly. no, mashed no, up Dundee cake. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I thought I was going to be. It does matter. You got it. Um, and then, so who better to come in and 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 to build a, a squad again? You know, that's when Pochettino was at his best. When you know, when it was a question of building a squad, and he needed those extra bits and didn't get them. Maybe this time he will get them because he's been proved that if he does get the few bits. Then, well, actually, he hasn't proved anything because he's just lost a league title in a Champions League semi final. But, um, <laughs> you know, he's won two cups. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's just a monkey <laughs> off his back, or I don't yeah, know, maybe. but I want it to happen. I don't care. I don't care what the reasons are. 
if you're going to go back to anyone, if there's any team that you can think that had, had any a manager that they've sacked, I can't think of another team of a manager that they've sacked where when you look at it objectively, and if he wasn't um, Maurizio Pochettino, you would be going for him. He's exactly what we need. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and if you, uh, Cal, I don't know what you think about this, but if if you know if if we needed that that sort of difficult rebuild that he quoted that this is going to be tricky and he knows that as a football yeah. man mm-hmm. and he wasn't given that support because as and I'll maintain to this day that the the Stay. expense what to this day um that that to that I maintain that the expenses of the stadium during uh the you know the, the delayed building process and we you know the stadium ended up costing so much more than we thought it would do and then you know there were situations with um you know bringing players in and then we started to recruit through Lacelso and Ndombele both players that Pochettino wanted because he was there at the time that mm-hmm. that maybe if we'd have waited that he would have got a new squad that could mold that could be molded to his ideas and mm-hmm. now's a great time because Daniel Levy, and I still hold him to this word, like that means a fucking thing. I can't believe I even said that, but I still think that that he may be um that he may be willing to invest in the squad mm-hmm. and we'll see that in, in, in the coming months. But if you look at ba- uh, Bergwijn, if you look at Bale, Hoybier and uh and Domble and Le Celso, these aren't insignificant signings. These aren't signings that Leicester are making I'm not talking about the quality in hindsight. I'm talking about the sign, the the, the desire money. to bring players in and the money we're willing to spend. That exists, and it, this is his opportunity, Daniel Levy, to to really invest in the squad and get a manager in. It may be Pochettino that that can make most of those those acquisitions. But I don't know what you think about any of that, Gil. Um, I think there's something to be said that you know even like you said, in the last year where he was at the club, it wasn't great, but he still got us into the top four. Um, And since then, it's just got worse and worse and worse. So I kind of take Al's point that on paper, if you take the emotion out of it, I don't think Al is taking the emotion out of it. But if you do take the emotion out of it, then you understand it, right? You can understand why... You might hire him. I think it's too soon. I think there's too many players there that were there when when it was going wrong for him. I think it's all well and good saying, well, just get rid of them all. It's, it's hard to get rid of 10 players. I would love for us to get rid of 10 players. I think that we need... Feet are all garbage, don't you? I do. I think most of them are garbage. Um, but, you know, I, I think it'd be great for us to get rid of 10 and get in, you know, five or six, but there's a reason they call it a painful rebuild because you can't you can't sell 12 and buy 12 it's too many it's too much of a change it's you can't do that in the summer it's something that you got to do gradually i'm not sure about ten hag because he's unknown quantity he's done it in a dutch league which is fucking you know big ron gravy could win the dutch league so you don't know you don't know what what you're getting with Ten Hag, really. But I'd accept him and I'd welcome him and I'd want him to do really well, of course. Of course, like I did Mourinho because I'm a Spurs fan and I want Spurs to do well. Um, but I think for Pochettino, I think it's too soon just because there's too many familiar faces there. What do you think, Big Ron? Um, 
sorry, I lost you there. Uh, I think right, go on, crack on. I think everyone's making fair points. What what I would say is, yeah, I think it is hard to take the emotion out because I think that is one of his biggest strengths, Potch, is that he had such a strong emotional connection with the fans. And that's probably the reason why I would bring him back because I actually think, like, we need it because the, the things that were going wrong with him were, were definitely on the football side. No one had a problem with like him. He wasn't like... You know, like sometimes managers, things aren't going right and then they become toxic with the fans and everyone just ends up hating them as an individual as much as like the performances. Everyone could see things were going wrong on the pitch, right? But he had said, and I think now we've all seen, that there needs to be a painful rebuild and that players there that needed to be moved on and weren't getting moved on and all the rest of it, right? All those lessons have been learned, I think. I think, like Flavio said it there, like I'll be shocked now if the if the kind of upper echelons of the club aren't realising, okay, we're going to have to like speculate to accumulate here. Especially as, look, if we do keep Kane this summer, he's probably going to go the summer after. And if he doesn't go that summer, he's definitely going the summer after that. So you could spend now big. You could basically invest the money you're going to receive in a year's time now so that you don't get hold, held to ransom. Because if we sell Kane for £200 million this summer, Great every time we knock on the door, they're going to add double the price to uh, go absolutely. Oh, £200 million. We should be this summer buying a squad that replaces Harry Kane. This summer. You know what? John Boy, John Boy... Let's put him on the board. Fan representation. Go Good in one. there. Just go in there. Look, Daniel, listen to me. I know I know. you've just recently appointed us and you just thought we'd, that, that I was going to be a fan and you're just going to stick your thumb up my ass and I was going to sit there going, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank oh, you very much. for. In, 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 so can I, I can be in there and, you know, I like a thumb up my ass. I've got a phone finger. I'm so grateful for the phone finger and the yeah. membership and the badge. Oh. Actually, John Bass, seven foot one, walks into the room <laughs> and he goes, listen here, Daniel. What you need to do is sell Kane in a year, buy players now, right? Yeah. Buy players now, speculate now, so we don't get our ass pulled pulled out and get fingered like your finger and me. And um and 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 you know let's let's play the game. The problem is though, John Boy, hmm. is if we do that and we're quality, Kane's going to go. Oh, I want a new contract. And fine. then that that well no 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 it's not fine because Daniel Levy's going to go. Well, we just spent all that money. We can't afford you. So what do you do but then, we, John? What do you do then, well, John? Go. So it's, okay, so it's fine. So if we do do well, that means we're back in the Champions League, right? We become a more attractive club. Our revenue goes up. We have a year of outside of uh, the COVID, so we start Guns and Roses are back. You know, get, get I don't <laughs> know, Kylie Minogue in there. Yeah, yeah. Start getting them all in. <laughs> Anthony Anti Joshua, Anti yeah, Joshua, Tyson, Tyson Fury, May next year. There you go. Oh. See, so what I'm saying is, you and it's like it's like Levy himself said. If you don't have an attractive, in his like wording, if you don't have an attractive proposition on the pitch, you don't have an attractive brand, then you can't, all the business stuff is kind of separate, right? If we start becoming a shit team, we become less and less attractive to like potential investors and like advertising and all the rest of it, right? So he does genuinely need to speculate to accumulate. Of course he does. We have he knows to, that. We, ha- we have to go big this summer on players because if we, like I said, if we are successful then it's fine. Then Kane stays and we just build an amazing team and we can then start challenging. If it's not going like well or Kane wants to move off anyway, we sell Kane and we then can reinvest that money. Either that's paid for what we've done the summer before or we level it off and we just make gradual improvements. But if Poch is the man to come in and do that, I'll be okay with that because it does give us back that one intangible thing that we don't that we don't have, which is the... the pride and the emotional connection that Poch has with the club and we have with him not many clubs have that with their manager ever let alone what we had with him in that period and so 
if you brought him back and you, you get that connection back straight away, you, all you've got to do is back him. Just back him and he will get more like time and respect because of who he is with the fans and you've got more of a chance of getting it right through a painful rebuild. If you bring in Ten Hag, he might do all right. He might, he might, he might be decent, but he's got no credit in the bank with the fans on an emotional level. Cal, anything to add? Yes. Um, just what you were saying about the money and if he's sold Kane or not sold Kane or whatever. Um, just, just to say that when we sold Gareth Bale, we bought all the players first and then we sold Gareth Bale. Um, is that right? So I know it was like years ago and a lot of people forget that. that Baldini. That we, yeah, Baldini bought Lamella and Ericsson and Chadley and Kirikaj and all those players and then they sold Bale because what what Levy was saying is I'd, he wasn't he wasn't trying to get ripped off by other clubs thinking we had money burning a hole in our pocket and that's and I think if if the club do decide to sell Kane or they set a price at least then they're going to do all the business first. Okay. Well, it might be exciting summer, in which case. Um, and then finally, just on Harry Kane, Alex, you back with us? Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Right. Uh, no worries. Um, what do you think will, will happen with Harry Kane this summer? Do you think he'll stay? Do, does, does the three years on his contract mean that it's almost impossible for him to go unless someone comes in with a world record bid? Uh, and that'll be two world record bids in eight years. The uh, players that have left Spurs, you know, could could you see that happen again? Do you think he say what 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 do you make of the situation currently? I think, <clears throat> I think, I, I think it's been agreed. I I think that uh, that City have probably already been in touch and said, look, we think we can do it, and I think that's why some of these moves have been made in public now. Um, I think if Man City win the Champions League, I, 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 I can see them spending 150 million quid, and I think it'll be around that sort of price. So you think it'll go this summer? I think, I think so. Yeah, I do think so. I think, I think it's only Man City. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that it's only Man City that he's really that probably that interested in going to anyway. It's only guaranteed um, that, like, if he wants to leave Spurs <clears throat> for trophies. The Man City's the only guarantee that it was going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, um, and also the only team that can probably afford to buy him, Chelsea put, maybe. But he's my bet, my bet that what's happened is that um, that there was probably some some tentative approaches last summer, and then I think it's been said, look, we've got Mourinho in for a full year. You stay, see what happens. We'll talk again in next summer and see see if Man City is still interested in blah blah blah. I think what's happened now is Man City have then said, look, you know. We're we're really interested, and we're gonna we're gonna try and get you over here. Um, obviously, it would depend on price and all the rest of it. Um, but make some moves, couple of comments here and there. Starts, you know, this, this is how it works. There's no way. I don't think there'd be other stuff about it coming out about him wanting to move if there wasn't already a, a, a at least a somewhat realistic option um, for him to go. But he'll already know about. Um, and I think that's probably where it's at. And then it might just come down to to the price bit. I think he'll end up going for less than perhaps we think. Um, not by a massive amount, but perhaps a, a bit. What so? Um, what's, what what's, so? What do you think he should go for, and what do you think we might sell him for? I think he should. I think one hundred and fifty million quid is 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 the right price. I think that's a fair price. Yeah. I think he'll end up going for maybe maybe one hundred and twenty five around that sort of mark. The bargain. 
absolute <laughs> bargain. If you look at how much did Mbappe go for? How much did Neymar go for? I was looking. Neymar went for £198 million. Right. Uh, Mbappe went for 163 Right. So Kane is £200 million plus. And so... It won't... It's not COVID. Well, no, 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 no. He's got three could. years on his deal. He's the best striker in the world. He it, scores it, thirty uh, goals a season every season. So, so what? I'm, and if you put it like that, if you like, if the market and, and the market value of Neymar and Mbappe back then isn't the market value of what it is right now because of coronavirus, right? But the fact is that Spurs have him under contract for the next three years. Yeah. Daniel Levy will scrimp and save. And he's nowhere near as marketable as those two. Sorry, mate. And he's nowhere near as marketable as those two. Are and were. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. So it's about how. Well, yeah, but someone might not come in for him, and if they don't, if they if they're not willing to pay over the odds for someone who has free, the best striker in Europe, the best striker in the Premier League, if Spurs with three years left on his contract aren't in the driving seat in terms of negotiating the best possible deal, adding on to that the fact that Daniel Levy, who is an absolute arsehole to deal with. As a in terms of player transfers, if we're not getting the absolute maximum, he sold. Who did he sell for? I think he sold Carroll for fucking six million. Like he's he's consistently over and over again got the maximum amount of of money for any player. If Man City desperately want him this year, then he they will have to pay over the odds. There is no chance that Daniel Levy takes anything less than his market value because. Mm. He can say he can say to Harry Kane, "Look, mate, I, I, like forget the gentleman gentleman agreement. You've signed a deal. We paid you handsomely, two hundred grand a week. We paid you a massive um, signing on fee. You signed the deal, which was six years from the start to finish. You knew what you were signing. You gave us, you gave Tottenham the um, the position of 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 power in this instance." This is the price you pay. The price you, the price Harry Kane's going to pay, is a very difficult protracted transfer out of the football club if he wants to push it. If mm. the clubs who want to buy him wait until next summer, when there's only two years left on his deal, they're so much more powerful than us. They mm. they know that if they they wait another year after that, and Harry Kane's only twenty nine then, then they get him for fifty million, forty thirty million. Right yeah. now, I can't see a world where a team that wants Harry Kane and are desperate for him don't pay over the odds, not under the odds. That that would be my opinion. It's just because what like, Daniel Levy's like. A club like Manchester City are COVID-proof. That You know, the Sheikh Mansour is COVID-proof. You can't talk about a market and, oh, it's COVID market. No, no, you're fucking worth silly money. And you could talk about a gentleman's agreement. The gentleman's agreement went out the window as soon as your brother started leaking shit to Sky Sports News. As soon as you started... Doing muggy fucking interviews with Gary Neville. Your gentleman's when you want to talk about a gentleman's agreement, very act true. Like a gentleman, act like a gentleman. Then don't talk about gentleman's agreements. Hundred percent agree with that. And then do an interview of a Manchester United legend, and then potentially go to Manchester United. Yeah, well, you know? so this is before the season's even ended. What like if there's a gentleman agreement, then you keep quiet until the point where you want to leave, right? Yeah. Also, uh, this is my. Sorry, just one, one last point. Sorry. The value, it's not about market value. It's about his value to the it's about his value to us. It's right. not about his value in some magical world. He's he's not he's not in the Elizabeth Duke section of Argos. He's what's his value to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? And he's our biggest asset, he's our best player, he's our vice captain. His value is almost priceless. It's whatever we want it to be. 
And for me, it's not stage, a penny yeah. under £170 million pounds for me. If I they come up £170 million, pounds, he can fuck off. I think 150 would would tempt Daniel Levy. I think that yeah. it would be that kind of level. Mm-hmm. John, anything to add? Yeah, I was uh, like again. I agree with what Cal said. There, it's, it isn't about like the the market value; it's the value to us. And I, I think the thing about the gentleman's agreement um, that's kind of blown it out of the water is that the gentleman's agreement is that if we get an offer, we will let you go. Right? The offer has to be reasonable to the club. It's not just like, oh, by the way, like they've offered us like ninety million. Oh, okay, great, we'll take that then. But no, we, three years left on a deal is a long time. You know, like these sort of negotiations when you get into like nearing the end of the second year of your like last two years, fine. Then you have to kind of go, okay, well, we've got to be a bit careful here because we don't want to like completely like devalue the player. But at three years left on his deal and with us not needing to needing to sell him because of that reason, the gentleman's agreement's meaningless in the same way as this market rate is meaningless. Like for us, it's just whatever we think we are going to need to recoup in order to be able to reinvest in the squad that is what he's worth to us. And so I, I think that we should really play hardball this year. 100%. And if it doesn't happen, just just stay. Just and literally you know, go. It's 200 million, not a penny, not a penny less. You either pay it or fuck off till next year. And there isn't a team on earth, down to financial fair play, who could justify that unless they're willing to offload, you know, substantial talent from their first team. And what I like about this is... You make him stay. You might be a bit unhappy. We have a track record of doing this. You, you think of Modric, um, you know, putting in a transfer request, which is something I couldn't imagine Harry Kane ever doing. He put in a transfer request, wasn't allowed to leave to Chelsea, ended up joining Real Madrid and winning everything. And if that happens for Harry Kane down the line, that's fine. But at this moment, with our new manager coming in, maybe keeping a Harry Kane who might be a bit disgruntled about not being allowed to leave is much better than getting in someone like Tammy Abraham who isn't anywhere near a, a very unhappy Harry Kane. I'm not sure. We'll see. I just can't Can imagine... Dan- question? No, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you, mate. <laughs> go on, go on. Um, how do we feel about Harry Kane? How do you feel about him as a as a, a person? Um, because I mean, like he, he wins the golden boot yesterday, and I was happy for him winning the golden boot. But a day before, I wanted him to fucking I wanted to fucking throttle him. So I was just interested in how you guys felt about him. Um. Uh, well, uh, Cal does make very grand statements. So wanting to literally murder him was is so far from where I was. But um, I, I would. Uh, no, go on, Cal. Uh, sorry, Al, you was about to speak. What What do you think? Um, it is weird for me with Harry Kane. I don't know whether I'm just saying this now just because, but I've never felt the same way about Harry Kane as I did about Gareth Bale. I've never mm. had that that utter love. I've never had that about him. He's He's incredible. He's the ultimate pro. You're not saying this now because of because of the situation. You're just saying you. No, I just, I, I just in general, I think, I think maybe why it doesn't bother me as much. I know what an asset we lose. I'm not stupid, but in terms of just my own investment, I've it's it's never been the same as it was with as it was with Gareth Bale. I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but I don't have that same investment in him. I don't love him the way I loved Gareth Bale. Um, was it, would it, so, could it have been because Gareth Bale elevated us to situations where we hadn't otherwise been able to be or experience? Welsh. 
yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. But I also, I also, part of me is like, you know, look, you've played in semi-finals and finals and not done anything, Harry. You know, you're you're part of this problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I, but I, I, he's an elite athlete at the end of the day, and I understand elite athletes are built differently in terms of ambition and what they want and what they will do to get it and all the rest of it. And we've seen from his rise, you know, he's had to be single-mindedness and not give a fuck about what other people think and people saying you can't do that or you'll never do that and he just does it and that will that will if that will work in into how he wants to try and move a transfer like i wouldn't be surprised if he puts a transfer request in at all i would um I would. we literally had him since he was 10 i don't rate, think no, no, nine I rate him do you know what have some bollocks if you really want yeah. to leave fuck off your loyalty bonus because that's what it's all about they don't hand in transfer requests because if they do then they don't get their loyalty bonus have some bollocks at least Modric had the bollocks to go do you know what I want to go here's my transfer request fuck the loyalty bonus I agree I want to go he might bollocks. not be thinking all this stuff he might he might not be like willing to, to hand in I don't think he cares I think we kid ourselves to think that he's an elite athlete an ambitious elite athlete if he needs to kick up a bit of a fuss I'm not saying like you know we go in public or doing a Peter Odom wingy but, you know, if, if he needs to kick up a bit of a fuss or make things very uncomfortable within the club, I've no doubt he'll do it. Yeah, but that that, that, that sounds like... like Mod- it's a difference between Modric did it and Harry Kane doing it. Like, Harry Kane to do that and say, I want to leave, I want to join Chelsea. If he's that ambitious, he'll join Chelsea or, or anywhere that he can get trophies. And if Chelsea, the, the team that stump up the cash, if he hands in a transfer... You can imagine him handing in a transfer request and saying... I want to join Chelsea. Let me join Chelsea. Could you imagine that happening? Because that's 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 what you know. Someone who has no scruples and 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 hasn't hasn't benefited no, I, exponentially I through every age that he's lived through his life, based on what Tottenham have given him from no, the I don't, age I don't see it with eight Chelsea. or nine. I don't see it with Chelsea, but I think he's got his heart set on playing for Pep Guardiola and playing with Kevin De Bruyne and, and playing in a team that looks like it could probably go on and completely dominate now for a long period of time and I think I think that's the vision in his head I think if, if Man City weren't interested or signed Haaland I don't I don't think we'd even be having this conversation about Kane leaving in general well, this is the thing if, if he stays through this season and I think he will I don't think he'll leave this season and like, like I said it would take an absolutely ginormous bid post-Covid to get him there and they and, and these teams would have to sell assets in their playing staff to make it happen if if we can keep him then next season Haaland's available for for an absolute pittance and we can make Harry Kane stay for, with us forever like a like a dad who doesn't want to stay with a wife and fucking hates the kids let's make him stay forget his happiness make him stay with us forever like Shirley Valentine don't know what that means is that the, the, the bird who fell in love with a Greek yeah, I don't know if she does stay with him or not. All I remember is the chips and the egg bit and steak. And he, he likes chips and egg on a Tuesday and steak on a Thursday. And then he proper kicks off because she makes him chips and egg on a Thursday. Slings a plate across the table. I don't eat shite. <laughs> Fucking best film of all time. Sorry. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> Alex. Yes. You you live on your own at the moment. Yep. Uh, what kind of... Uh, do you treat yourself with a meal... At all, do you, do you sort of make steak every? No, not steak, but you know, you're a vegan. But do you ever? Uh, I, I eat like 
crap this uh, this weekend very recently, but I did. I've treated myself to the new Burger King uh, plant based Whopper. Oh, oh, is it back? It is back. Oh, I love it. It's the Re- Rebel Burger or something, isn't it? Yeah, and um, they have a, a vegan Royale now, which uh, I might save for for the for the weekend. But no, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. It's not good living on your own. I'm, I, even I'm bored of it. I love my own company. It's part of the reason why I sat the marriage off. But I am, I am the fairly bored now. Ma- this is a man who, when he was getting married, celebrated Tottenham Hotspur scoring against Aston Villa. Harry, Kane's, the- Harry Kane's first Premier League goal. I should love him, really. But I don't. The fuck? Yeah, but listen, <laughs> the, 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 do you think that you might have a role in your marriage falling apart when you're celebrating at the wedding? Harry Kane scoring a goal instead of looking at your missus. She knew what she was. I mean, yeah. she knew all this to start with. <laughs> she knew all this. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Alex, uh, thank you so much for sorting out your computer issues. Cal for jumping in. Big John Bass, or what, what do we call him now? Big Ron Gravy. Big Ron Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different reasons why he's called Big Ron Gravy, but uh, <laughs> we won't talk about it right now. Uh, what I also want to say, because we're on, we're on camera... Mm. You you guys listen to this won't won't know that, but John Bass's beard is the most thick, deliberate beard that any man has ever had. I think it's there's no gaps; it's just a big brown carpet across his face. Is it the best beard you've ever seen? I, I would I wouldn't say it was the best beard because it's just a beard. Do you style it? Do you, do, do you work? That's what. It's like me saying, okay, well, like, what's, I don't know, what's the best pair of socks you've got? And you're going, what's just a pair of socks? Yeah, well, what's the best one? Is this the best beard or not? If it's not, well, that's fine. No, don't, no, no. Don't it's, try and... it's a good beard. It's, right. it's, it's a really good beard. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> I, said, I said it was a good beard. I just said it was the best. Right. That's all I... Do you okay. trim it? Do you take care of it? Would you? No, not really. I have it, When I have my hair cut, they uh, shape it up, but I I just wash hold it, your, keep it hold clean. Your, hold your chin up. Let's see underneath. Look at all that's that. A, so you that's see, like, normally... See, that, that's a that's, neck beard. That would be so clean much shaving. hair there. Alex, that imagine if you had... chest hair. Oh, my God. Imagine, John Bass has all the hair. Alex, you have none of the hair. What, what would you do for 50% of John Bass's hair? Um, Probably kill, like, a baby koala bear <laughs> in the wow. head. Wow. wow. Fuck. Would you grind its meat up and eat it as a burger? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of effort. I'd rather just kind of shave it and wear its hair. That might be easier. <laughs> right. Okay, that's been the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you so much, boys, for, for joining us. And uh, you know, Spurs have retired this season with a 4-2 win at Leicester. And if you, at the start of the season or midway through the season, you thought that we'd beat Leicester 4-2 away from home, none of us would have thunk it. But here we are. And uh, we move on to a new exciting period of a new manager who can bring in a new philosophy. We need someone strong, someone powerful who's going to come in and go, you stop being wankers. Can you play some football, please? And if that does happen, a few new signings. I, I don't think it takes many. Maybe if we made four major signings, maybe sell £100 million worth of talent if we can get it, maybe 50, 60 and spend 150, we should be excited for next season. But, uh, yeah, this has been The Fighting Cock for Season 10. Hope you've enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next season. See ya. Alex, what... what, I I closed it there, Al. 
and you've just said see you at the end. Oh, I thought you'd stopped. I thought we were saying see you to, to each other. Like, no, bye. we're still we're still recording. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to go. <laughs> well, I'll go then. All right, bye. 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 Absolute piece of shit, that guy. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shutdown. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.